Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. So Hello. nice to have you on so the nice show. So nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? How are you doing today? I'm doing very good. It's a sunny day, which brings good mood. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so... You know, oftentimes, you know, oftentimes, I love to talk about the essence. Of I love the to show, talk about the essence of the show, which is to, which is to, amazing guests, amazing guests, amazing guests like Anna, amazing guests like Anna, talk talk to us about their stories, talk, talk to us about their stories, because we believe that, because we believe that, in our audience, in our audience, there might be someone who is talked up in the situation, someone who is talked up in the situation. That Anna came out of triumphantly. That Anna came out of triumphantly. So, but that person listening to you so speak. So, that person listening to you speak. He or she might actually. He or she might actually. Pick an information. Pick an information that will lead to their transformation. That will lead to their transformation. So that's basically the essence of the show. That's Anna. basically the essence of the show, Anna. So, within the next few minutes. So, within the next few minutes. Let us get started with your story. Let us get started with. History, challenges that you faced, challenges that you faced. Now you overcame them. Now you overcame them. And afterwards, and afterwards, got some beautiful questions for you. Got some beautiful questions for you. All right, over to you, Anna. Okay, well, All right, over to you, Anna. Thank you. That is uh, uh, quite a big field, big sphere to, to answer, but I will try. So just a little introduction first is that um, I am a psychologist and a coach who uh, works with anxiety. I work with um, things like panic attacks, with things like high-functioning anxiety when you're very successful and yet you feel, you know, scared all the time that you will not succeed and you act in a very kind of neurotic way. I work with people who spend a lot of their time ruminating about different ideas, about negative self-talk, about, oh, I'm not good enough, I will not make it, this is too good to be true, things like that. And, um, of course, I, uh, um, I have started to study psychology precisely because I myself was a fairly anxious person. I think that is the main reason why anybody studies coaching or psychology to understand themselves. Uh, So today I can tell you a story of my personal transformation or a story of transformation of my clients. Um, One of my clients had quite an impressive story. Uh, so which one would you like me to share? Um, story of me or story of my client? Um, sorry. Um, sorry. Can you share the both? <laughs> Can you share the both? 
Um, or well, okay, I will share mine. Let's no, no, I will share mine briefly then, just because they have some of the repeating moments. Um, yeah. So, essentially, uh, anxiety. First, I'll start with my story. So, anxiety is um, is fear. Yeah, but in a kind of in a smaller scale. And one of the good ways to approach anxiety is to understand what am I actually afraid of. And my my answer was quite surprising because it was the answer... Wait, I'll get to it. So I was um, a person who was... Um, who never took any risks, who never, um, you know, kind of spoke out loud in big groups, who was, um, I wouldn't say on a shy side, but like, you know, more, um, like not very confident in expressing myself. And I had mostly social anxiety, like worrying about how other people would see me on one hand. And secondly, I had... Um, uh, something that I call success anxiety. So will I be, you know, successful enough as, um, as like everybody around me expects me to. So the way I worked and started looking into both of those questions is that I started really thinking about, okay, what is happening when I feel social anxiety? So what happens is that I get into a group of people that I don't know or don't know very well, and immediately I start worrying about what they think about me. Do they like me? Do they think I'm interesting? Do they think I'm funny? Do they want to be friends with me? And the trick here was that I had really um, high standards. High standards not in a good way meaning that I was expecting everybody to like me right away. And so not just like a couple of people in the group, but like everybody. I wanted everybody to like me. And then uh, secondly, I wanted everyone to like me a lot, like to be like, wow, she's the best person I've ever met. I want to be best friends with her. So what this is, um, something is called, as I later learned, a cognitive distortion, so a cognitive mistake, when I um, have expectations that are unrealistic because nowhere in life can we be liked by everybody. And in no situation we can become um, desired best friend. Well, I mean, unless we're like, I don't know, Taylor Swift or someone. So we, um, so I realized that. And first I was taking it on a very like intellectual level. I was thinking about it a lot and I was observing how I was behaving. And then I was observing how other people were behaving. And then I understood something very important, that not only um, I worry about what other people think, other people, they worry the same amount. So essentially we have like, a group of people, each of them worrying about the impression they're going to make. And so nobody is really being present in this communication. 
nobody's really there because everybody's just worried. Like they're very, very self-conscious about what impression I'm going to give out. And as soon as I realized that, something clicked in me. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, being liked by people, it's part of our social um, evolutionary strategy. Like we want to be liked because that means that we're going to get more like resources. Uh, that's like our evolutionary logic speaking. So I can't really fight that. But what I can do is I can start shifting attention from myself to others. So what I was doing is I was worrying, okay, am I smart enough? Am I funny enough? Am I pretty enough? But what I did, I shifted the focus from myself onto other people and started really uh, feeling very interested in what another person is thinking, feeling, what is his reality or her reality. So that became my main practice. And how to do that? Um, there were a couple of tricks that I used. Well, first of all, how to, um, to switch this attention is you can give yourself uh, like a task, um, like as if you're playing a, you know, a game. And task is very simple. You need to find three things that you think are beautiful or amazing or interesting in another person. It could be the way, the way he, he smiles or, you know, uh, what she thinks about, um, I don't know, politics or uh, how beautiful his hands are, whatever it is. Um, so, Alicia, you disappeared now for a little bit. Now you're back. Okay. So when you start noticing something beautiful in another person, your approach towards them starts to change. You become, um, you know, you start liking them. And as soon as you start liking them, you start noticing other good things about them. And you want to know a little bit more about them. You want to know what they like. You want to know what their favorite ice cream is. You know, things like that. And that really helps to shift attention to another person. And once, once you get interested in another person, this feeling of open curiosity, another person feels it. And he, um, you know, he feels comfortable. He feels like, okay, I'm being seen. And then uh, he starts opening up. And then it is very natural for a person to want to reciprocate. I mean, unless he's like a narcissist. And so when a person, the person starts to ask you questions, and then, you know, that is your time to shine. So when, basically, when you shift your attention from yourself onto other people, something wonderful happens. You basically forget about your social anxiety. Like it just disappears because your attention is in another person and you can really enjoy the conversation, the communication. And that was the way I um, kind of worked through my social anxiety. And now I'm very, um, I don't know, I feel very happy talking to people, especially people that I don't know. Uh, like, I wonder, Alicia, what is your favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream. Oh. My favorite ice cream. Oh. Well, you know, I prefer the, well, you know, I prefer the vanilla flavor. Vanilla flavor. 
classic. <laughs> classic, okay. Okay, cool. So um, that was part my story. Um, do you have any questions or comments about what I... Your story. Your story. And also the way and you explained. Also the way you explained. I really love it. I really love it. Okay, so let us dive into the okay, questions. Okay, so let us dive into the questions. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. All right, so. The very first one. The very first one. Says how to. Says how to. Process anxiety. Process anxiety. Without making it worse. Without making it worse. You got that? Mm -hmm. You got that? Yeah. So this one is um, very common, very, very common uh, mistake by people who have anxiety. Mm. I would say it's number one mistake. It's trying to forcefully stop your anxiety, to kind of push it down. To you know, to with your willpower to be like, I'm not anxious, I'm going to be fine. Because when we start fighting anxiety, it gets bigger. It gets um, worse. So the trick is, um, it's very paradoxical, very paradoxical. But it is to accept that you are feeling anxious. And how is it possible to really do that? So there are a couple of steps, and I will um, walk you through those steps um, right now. So uh, the first one would be to, um, to really acknowledge that you have uh, something like anxiety. So be like, okay, you know, I feel anxious. So the first thing is just admitting that this emotion exists, not fighting it, not trying to distract yourself at first, not trying to suppress it, but just being like, I feel anxiety. And you bring your attention to your body and you try to just see where in your body this anxiety lives. Okay, that's the first step. Then second step, you say, um, I'm allowing for this emotion to exist. I am allowing for anxiety to be present in me. Maybe I don't like it, but I allow it. This is very important because that gives, this I allow gives this space for anxiety to be expressed. And then the third step is actually giving space, like holding space for this feeling. Um, how you can do it? Well, for example, you can literally imagine that you are creating a space inside your body where your feeling of anxiety can live for a little bit. Um, because the, tr the thing is, our emotions live for about two to three minutes. That's like neurophysiologically how long they live. After that, they just go away. They're like a wave and they go away. But what happens is when we start fighting those emotions, we continue to replay them. So our emotion, instead of being two minutes, becomes 20 minutes or two hours. You know, we continuously like rehash them. Yeah. 
So it is very important to give space to your emotion. So like you can imagine how you give space inside yourself or you can just simply breathe. Just like don't do anything, just breathe with this emotion. Just like be present and breathe. And so this is our third step. Like, and uh, also what you can do here is, um, is you can imagine curiosity. You can um, discover, you can try to discover, understand this feeling with curiosity. Like, why am I feeling this? Like, I wonder, what is this uh, feeling about? I wonder, is it, do I feel this because, you know, this person is looking at me this way? Or do I feel this way because I, you know, I feel like low energy today? Just this question, I wonder. It hel helps us to really speak with uh, with comfort and with uh, with interest, without suppressing any feelings. And the fourth step is to increase your focus, to move your focus into the into the world. So, for example, to start noticing what is happening around you. To start, for example, you can do a simple practice. Notice five things that you hear. For example, right now, I can hear my own voice. I can hear the rain. There's like a little bit of rain happening. I can hear my breathing. Those are really the, the things I can hear. There, there have to be two more, but I can't... Uh, Hi. Hmm. Maybe I can Hi. hear you. I can hear you. Hi. Ah, okay. Four things. Yeah. And then uh, my fifth thing would be... So yeah, strange thing. Um, there's one lamp in my room and it's constantly making this strange noise. I mean, it could be a ghost. I'm not sure. Could be some problem with electricity. But yeah. So what that makes immediately you're back to your body immediately your attention switches from the feeling to what is around you and then the fifth step is you can remember your values like what is really important for you in life what is really your you know what do you want to dedicate your life to and for example you're like one of your fam your values is like family and so you're like, okay, if my value is family, then I'm going to do something to help, you know, support my family. And you start doing something. You start being active in the direction of your value. So those five steps help move from fighting anxiety, which is a very bad strategy, to um, using anxiety um, as, like, as a stepping stone towards your values. Mm, mm, beautiful. Mm, mm, beautiful. I got that. I got that. Okay, the second to the last question. Okay, the second to the last question. Mm -hmm. What are the signs? What are the signs of eye functioning anxiety? Eye functioning anxiety. And how can it be managed? And how can it be managed to prevent burnout? Prevent burnout. You got it. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. so. The difference between anxiety and high-functioning anxiety is that simple anxiety is just when a person feels, um, you know, he worries a lot about a lot of things and he allows, you know, he, 
you know, he expresses it so other people, you know, can see it. And a person with high function anxiety, we can never even guess that uh, he has anxiety because this person can be very high, you know, high status, high position in a company uh, or considered very successful but by people. So what people on the outside see is like success and money and fame and traveling and, I don't know, investment. And what is inside of this person is constant worrying what happens if I lose money? What, uh, you know, what if I can't fulfill my promise? What if I fail this? What if my product doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't take off the ground? What if my startup doesn't raise investment, etc., etc.? And the person inside has all those um, symptoms of anxiety. But from the outside, this person looks successful. And he feels, he or she feels, they have to maintain this, you know, this image. And that creates even more pressure. And they start controlling even more. They start getting like even more... I need to control my anxiety, like I need to be always successful. What happens then is that those kind of people have even more anxiety than normal, uh, you know, normal anxiety people. And so that can be um, a little bit tricky to, uh, to work with because a lot of those people don't actually know that they have a anxiety. Right. They think it's just, it's normal if they are, you know, if they have a lot of responsibility, if they are high status, to be always on edge, always like, you know, worrying about things, always thinking about things, like not sleeping very well. They think it's normal. It's not. It's not. You can be a very successful person and yet sleep well and spend enough time with your family and watch Netflix on Saturdays, you know, and like not worry about you know, when your work day is over, you just put down your phone and you go to your, you know, non-work life. So first thing would be to recognize that, yes, feeling like you're always on edge, feeling like you're like jittery and like you need to like, you know, be, you know, constantly solving problems. Like this feeling when can become neurotic and understanding that it is indeed a problem. That's the first thing. Second thing is to a little bit, so very often those kind of problems occur because the standards that people put for themselves are too high. A typical standard for those people is never to make mistakes, to always be perfect. And th that, as we know, is impossible. You know, nobody can always be perfect. But those people actually, you know, really try. And they have, have it very hard. You know, they are very hard on themselves when they are not as successful as they think they should be, as perfect as they think they should be. And so part of the work is allowing to yourself to make mistakes, allowing yourself to be not perfect. And that is, can be done by acquiring growth mindset. That is one of the, like, the coolest um, things uh, discovered and, well, 
talked about by psychologist Carolyn Dweck, who spoke about that growth mindset. So enjoying the process of making an effort, enjoying that, um, you know, you can make mistakes and getting better from those mistakes is really the mindset that helps you grow way faster. If you criticize yourself for mistakes, if you don't allow yourself to make mistakes, and if you are a person who, you know, who always has to be on top of everything. So this kind of mindset is very, very helpful. And third step, I would say, that is very important is establishing a very healthy work-life routine. So going to sleep at, you know, at a set hour, switching off your phone and computer a couple of hours before bed, etc., etc. So things like that, they can really help um, you establishing a very healthy work-life balance that helps to deal with uh, high-function anxiety. So this is like briefly what to do. Beautiful. Thank you for Beautiful. that. Thank you for that. Okay, so in conclusion. Okay, huh? so in conclusion. Huh? Let's say there was a piece of advice. Let's say there was a piece of advice. I'd like to give to the audience. I'd like to give to the audience. What would that be? Be. Let's say there are some people. Let's say there are some people like to reach out to you. Like to reach out to you about what you do. About what you do. How can that be possible? How can that be possible? Mm -hmm. So my advice. This is the same advice I give to myself every morning. I gave it to myself today. Is um, it goes along the same line as as I was speaking. Um, the best advice is to enjoy mistakes, to love my mistakes, because even though they may not look pretty, they do make me better. And in the end, it's the growth that matters, not the, you know, how perfect I am at any given stage. So my advice would be don't just accept your mistakes, but love them, like really value them and because only then you can you will learn 100% from them. So that's the advice I would give um, I give to myself and to everybody um, that I meet. Uh, I we talk a lot about this with my clients, and um, I have social media like YouTube where I post um, audio meditations, um, Instagram, um, Telegram, so like all the main media uh, channels I have. I constantly post information about anxiety, about mindfulness, about strategies to deal with anxiety and become more efficient. So you can enter this flow state when you're just like, you know, in the flow, you're like in the mood and you're just going with life, forgetting about yourself, just like in this process of living, of being. So, um, I can uh, forward you my uh, social media and you can post it in the description to this video. Would that work? Yeah, definitely. I would do that. Definitely. I would do that. Awesome. And if somebody wants to work with me individually, that is also possible. My oh. contacts will be in, uh, in my social oh. media. Definitely. Beautiful. Definitely. So that's going to be the show. So that's going to be the end of the show. Thank you for your time, Hannah. If Thank you for your time, Hannah. If do meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alicia, for hosting me. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. 
Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.